Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblio Escapes and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by American photographer Mitch Dobrowner. Good evening, Mitch. Good morning. Hey, how are you? It's great. Very, Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, as I was saying just beforehand, I, your book was one of the first photo books I, I ever purchased, even I think before I really got into photography. Just the whole subject matter uh, really appealed to me. So it's, it's a real pleasure to be able to, to chat to you about your work and about your book. Um, so before we get on to talking about your book, Storms, which I have sitting beside me, it would be great if you could uh, maybe give a, a brief introduction to your, your photography and your work. Oh, sure. Well, um, my name is Mitch, and I live in Los Angeles, California, and also in Lone Pine, California. There's a, another place, a house that I have. Yep. And um, I'm a simple soul. I'm humble. I'm grateful for um, whatever success uh, I've had in photography. I mean, photography is really my art. It's um, very personal. Yep. Uh, it's... Uh, all I try to do, you know, I live in a little vacuum and with my family in the house and I don't look at a lot of other photography and um, the photography that the images that you see there are just the way that I see the world. It's kind of as simple as that. I mean, we'll, we'll talk and, uh, you know, to me, the words are um, a little, they don't express really the pictures express the way I see the world more than my words. Yeah, so that, that's my introduction. I'm just, yep. just a simple soul. Just, just, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a simple soul. I think many of us wish we could probably be uh, far more simpler. But yeah, be beautiful words. And yeah, it's for people who maybe don't know Mitch's work, certainly his book Storms is very much about literally storms. And they, they, they are beautiful. And I, I would describe them as portraits in, in themselves of the, the conditions and, and of the storms, is, is that how you maybe see them yourself? Yeah, I mean, the, I first went out chasing storms in 2009. And when I went out, it was really just an experiment. I had no idea. I yeah. really am a black and white landscape photographer. That's a, a fine, more of a fine art photographer because yeah. I only say fine art because uh, it is my art. Yep. But I went out, I used to, when I do landscape photography, I would always got it in the worst weather I could find because I found that most interesting. Yeah. Uh, the light changes things. It's just not boring to me. Yep. So I did an experiment. I went out in 2009 with the storm chaser, Roger Hill. And uh, what I saw was so surreal and yep. unbelievable to me that it just really turned into a project. That's it. And the way I see these storms, they're, they're living phenomenons they they they're like people i'm just yeah. trying to take a portrait of each storm because they're so individual they they're born when when all the elements have to be correct you know the the humidity the winds the temperature um the lack of clouds actually um yeah. you know they what they are just vacuum cleaners they weather-wise if you, if you know your weather yeah. there, you know, usually after a big storm, it's a beautiful day after that. So their job is really to stabilize the atmosphere. Uh, so I am just doing the best that I can looking at these amazing phenomenons. I mean, yeah. that's, that's my thing with storms, but they, they be right. They fight to stay alive. 
Some of them are um, violent. Some yep. of them are peaceful. Yep. Some of them, but eventually they die. And I'm yep. just trying to, no, none of them are the same. Just Absolutely. like people. So I just yeah, yeah. doing the best I can taking portraits of these phenomenons. Yeah. I, I can I can imagine there must be quite an incredible sight to to witness firsthand. It's I, I regularly enjoy having a look through your work on on your on your in your book and also the work the work that you share online as well. And it's we, we as I said before, we we don't get the same kinds of storms as, as you get in as you get in America. And just to see the huge big landscapes and it's it's a connection between the land and the sky, either the tornado connecting it or or the bolt of lightning just stands out so beautifully and, and brings the two together. Yeah, well, you know, I came from like the East Coast of the United States, like in, I grew up in Long Island, near New York, not yep. New York City, but more in a rural area. Yep. And when I tra started traveling the country, um, I was probably maybe 18, 19 years old. I didn't even know the United States that well. I never knew in you're, you're in Scotland, but, but for me, I never knew like Kansas was next to like Colorado or... Yep. I don't know if you know the geography of the United States that much, but or well, uh, Wyoming, you know, yeah. um, you know, Wyoming was connected or Nebraska was connected to, you know, the Rocky Mountains. Yep. So I had to learn a lot about the geography of the United States to understand kind of what Tornado Alley is and how these tornadoes or tornadoes or these storm systems form in the United States with the jet stream and the yep. humidity coming off the Gulf of Mexico and the winds coming off the Rocky Mountains and why that area is known as let's say Tornado Alley. Yep. Fantastic. And what and what really got you interested in storms? What 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 was it that got you got you I suppose wait the appetite for, for photographing them? I, I just think is the the unknown. Like I said it, it was yep. an experiment for me. I had seen pictures yep. of of uh, these storm systems. And there was a couple of uh, programs on television that intrigued me. Yep. And I just thought that it would be interesting to get out there. Like, like I said, I, I really didn't know when I first went out there, what I was going to photograph or yep. how I was, you know, mentally prepared to be out there or what I was going to actually see. But the yep. first couple of days I was out there, um, I was I was uh, lucky enough to witness these. There's a storm up in Wyoming, and the first this is the first storm I saw. It was in July of 2009, and I was so mesmerized by what I was looking at. I they had to drag me kind of into the back into the van before as it was starting to approach because yep. I was I could not believe what I was looking. at. It was like looking at King Kong live or Godzilla live. It was just so Incredible. unbelievably surreal. And the, I think it was the second or the third day I went out, we ran into a mesocyclone that we chased from um, South Dakota and Sturgis through the Badlands off South Dakota into Valentine, um, Nebraska. And this 60,000 foot high, basically mesocyclone was rotating in front of us for probably about 20 minutes to a half an hour probably the most Im Im impressive storm I've ever witnessed in, let's see, since 2009 to 2012 years. Um, yep. to say it was the second or third day that I ever chased. I, I just, it, at that point, I was so intrigued and mesmerized by these storms that yep. 
it just turned from this experiment to this passion of a project. But the thing, the thing to mention too, is that, you, you know, we, t- we talk about how, you know, people think it's so dangerous and all this other stuff and, yep. and, you know, they get excited about it, you know, aren't you scared and all this. And it's like, it, I, I try to always change that narrative a bit because it's really not about the, it's my art and I love doing this. Yep. And it's really about the pictures and kind of what I, if anything, you know, I never really expected uh, the notoriety that I've received from these things, which I'm very extremely grateful and humbled by. Yep. But I think the narrative really <clears throat> is that these, these storm systems I'm just trying to show the beauty of these storm systems, how beautiful yeah. they actually are. Yeah. I'm not trying to show how destructive they can be. And that's, nope. I can go on and talk about this stuff, but that's why I, when I go out chasing, I usually go to go out chasing in like the Northern United States where there's not a lot of people, okay, not a lot yeah. of people in Wyoming and Montana. Yeah. A lot of terrible things happening out there. There's just these beautiful, amazing storm systems rotating in the northern plains of the united states and that's really what i'm trying to capture that these things are actually real and they're out there they're amazing and and i'm lucky enough to be standing in front of them yeah yeah well you really as you say when you you mentioned capturing the beauty of them for me in in your work you really do capture the beauty of them they're 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 beautiful images just as i've said vast stunning landscapes and and the, the the contrast between some of the the, inc- the incredible dark cloud skies with just the bolt of lightning connecting connecting it to the land, I, I just think it's they're just they're just beautiful. And every every one for me tells a story. You mentioned as well about them being living things. You, you're treating them as people, and I, I, you can only imagine that every single one or everyone will be so different and will react and will behave and will grow and, and, and fall away so very differently. Yeah. It's kind of funny for me that everyone to me is like a child. Yeah. I, the experience of you can, we can go through the, you know, images, but I remember each experience, like it was uh, one of my children. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that I experienced them like that. Yeah. That I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, take a portrait because they're never going to exist. I don't have to wor- worry about, blatant, you know, people copying my images or anything like that. Like, you know, the old Ansel Adams people who drop, drop a tripod, in a, you know, exact yeah. spot that he took and wait to take an Ansel. So don't worry about that plagiarism or anything like that because they're yeah. so unique. But, you know, for me, I, I don't take a lot of pictures, let's say, when, when I'm out shooting. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to take, I, I guess what I would call for me an iconic image of okay. these storms, something that represents that moment, not like 20 pictures of the storm moving across. And yeah, but I'm, you know, it, the storm thing. So we can talk about that, but the storm, it's really interesting as a photographer, you know, when I go out and shoot landscapes, you know, yep. I, I'll go to a, let's say the Southwest deserts of the United States and spent a lot of time out there, but you know, there's a rock that's there or a, a, a landscape and it's really not going to change that much. So yeah. I can go and I can spend a week or two or however period it's decided that to spend out there to wait for the elements to be right. The light, the, the weather, you know, everything to get that one yes. iconic picture, but with these storms, every second 
it's like every second the the compositions are changing, the lights changing. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Yes. So it's helped me as a photographer kind of get better. I think as a photographer, actually as a person too, because yep. I've learned how to really focus. Like yep. I have, you know, you can be standing in front of this amazing thing. And if my exposure is wrong, my the aperture is wrong, the focus is off something. I'm just, I have to focus very um, intensely on yes. what's actually in front of me to make sure I actually, and it's really helped me as a person be able to, especially in the midst of, let's say chaos. Yes. You know, the people with me that might get scared or scream or this draining, this wind, this noise, you know, it's, an, it's just a, a sense of adrenaline and excitement, but I have to stay focused. And yep. it's really taught me as a, as a photographer, as a person, it's almost like I've said it before, kind of, as a photographer, it's a hybrid of like a landscape and, a, and shooting a sporting event. Um, yeah. So to try to, so it's helped me really grow as a photographer. And I, I really, really appreciated that with the storm systems. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. It's, and it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting to hear you talk about how it, how it's, benefited and helped your and maybe helped your approach to to other landscape more traditional landscape photography as well mm -hmm. yeah it, it really has you know I mean, it, it's allowed me to also learn how to be patient yes yeah well i suppose you're because working you can go out no, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, I suppose yeah, it does learn you to be patient because you, you can go out to, as you say, a spot where you know that you're only really waiting for certain elements. The composition doesn't necessarily change too much. But yet when you're dealing with the storms, you just have to take for granted that every second is going to be entirely different. And as you say, you just need to be focused and, and ready to ready to work. Yeah, and that and also with the patience thing, we can go out storm chasing. Like I'll, I'll, I'll book, I'm going out, let's say July of 2022. I'm going to yep. go on July 7th or something. And we can go out. I don't know what's going to happen. We've gone out many times and nothing for days, maybe even for a week. There's just yep. no storms, you know, there's nothing in the air. And we, I've traveled with Roger Hill probably at this point, we've tracked about 200,000 miles, you know, photographing oh, storm geez. systems. Well, you can drive. Last time we were out, we were supposed to be in, in the Northern Plains in like Montana and Wyoming. We ended up in Arizona, which was the other south part of the United States. Um, and we I think we we clocked over sixty five hundred miles in in 10 days. Jeez. And we drive. But this, and there wasn't a lot of action. Yeah. So so the patience part is also you can drive five eight hundred miles in a day and you get out and there's just nothing and yeah. that whole sense of disappointment or just patience <laughs> or sitting in a city for like five days waiting for some storm to take place maybe 500 miles away so yeah. it's it's taught me how to be more patient yeah. um and it's helped me with my landscapes because it's it's taught me to um again be patient for the right things to right elements to come together yeah, I yeah I, I can I, I can imagine it it must be yeah you know, when you say you're sitting in a hotel room for five days in a city waiting for the right conditions it must become one incredibly frustrating but at the same time when you then do get a storm to to chase there must be an incredible is it an adrenaline rush 
when you're when you're approaching it and, and you really don't know what to expect? Yeah, definitely. Especially if you waited five days for a storm and you don't yep. quite know what's going to happen, you know, and it might be the only storm you see in, in two, a week or two, you yep. definitely have this adrenaline rush and um, a sense of uh, anticipation, you know, and, but also just, you know, be ready for disappointment. I've learned over, over time yep. <clears throat> to um, lower my expectations. Okay. Yeah. And it's helped me when something really, amazing is in front of me to stay calm and patient because my expectations are lower compared to just jumping up and down and always thinking this is going to be great. You know, it's like, uh, I've turned out to be a lot more mellow, you know, about yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. It, so, it and sounds- also when you sit for five days in the city, you can get in a lot of trouble too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I can I can I can only imagine what might happen when you when you're spending three or four days yeah waiting waiting for the storm to come, but right. uh, but I'm interested how 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 do you how do you prepare and and what does the thrill of the chase feel like when 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 you're out working with the storms? Um, I, I, I a lot of it is preparing mentally. Okay. Uh, I I've I spent enough time now as a photographer to know my equipment and yes, all, yeah. how I would approach you know, my photography and that that's kind of like secondhand to me. So, you know, people always, always say, you know, what kind of camera do you shoot? I don't know. What kind of lens? It's like, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, it's almost like playing an instrument, like a yeah. guitar, you know, you learn all the frets and the strings and things. If you're really good, you spend a lot of time on your instrument. And then when you're playing it, you're not really thinking, oh, well, I'm playing like this Stratocaster, you know, this kind of guitar or yeah. something. Same with my camera. So my cameras are kind of beat up in throwaways, even though I make sure that they're always working and I have a backup. Yep. But my preparation a lot of times is just mental. Being mentally in the right space, the way that I've always approached my photography, the only way that I could, I really can illustrate it is that um, even with, with landscapes, so no matter what I'm shooting, my head space, I have to be in the right place head space wise. If I'm not in that right place, I know it's happened many times. I just, I'm wasting my time. I'll go out sometimes um, in the desert and go shoot a landscape. And for the first like two or three days, because I live, let's say in Los Angeles and this chaos all the time. Well, you know, I have a, you know, my family is wonderful. I have a great family and they're, they're really are my inspiration, but you know, life and bills and things and schedule and all this stuff is going on. When I go out into the desert, it takes me a while to detox from all that stuff and clear yeah. my head and get into this mode. And the way that I des- would describe it would be like being in a um, in bright sunlight, let's say at the at the beach or something, and walking into a completely hundred percent dark room. And and when you walk in that dark room you really to see yeah you're you know your your apertures open up your your irises open up and stuff like that and you can see and that's how i see my photography a lot of times i i've wasted a lot of time thinking that i could photograph when i'm really thinking about other things so even photographing storms i have to prepare or landscapes i have to prepare for a couple days mentally to be really quiet and get into that space and be able to visualize really what I'm trying to go after. And I've done it so many times going out to landscapes and just wasted two or three days, like just shooting and wasting and not being there until finally 
I feel like I understand the subject and I understand yep. my environment and I'm ready to shoot. That's a really important aspect for me in my photography is I have to mentally be ready. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine it might be yeah, quite quite a quite a change in the in the environment from what you're maybe used to day to day to then going out into a, a very particular working environment to so to speak, whereby you yeah, you, you really need to get into the get into the mindset and, and and prepare yourself. And I mean I'm interested to know how 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 is your approach the same for your for your other landscape work as well? Do you do you like to just take time to to adjust to the environment you're working in as well? Yeah, I do. You know, and, and in fact, I was I was talking to my wife about this. I'm supposed to go out to a place in New Mexico in about two weeks. It's a, it's a super um, isolated environment, a four wheel drive out to this place. It's really hard to get to. Yep. Uh, and I've prepared for it and I've done my research and I'll do a lot of research as far as compositions and things like what really, and I can actually see the images in my mind before I go out. Yep. But I was telling my wife about it. It's like, I'm not ready yet to go. Um, there's too much going on in my personal life right now to really get into that zone. Yep. And it's happened before. Like if, if I'm not ready to go I'm, I'm I have to cancel it because I have to really get into that zone yeah. Uh, sometimes like when I get out there, I might have two days to shoot. Usually I spend like, that's why I usually when I go out, whether it's uh, photographing storms or going out to photograph a landscape, it's usually for minimum of a week, usually about two weeks. Cause I know okay. like for two or three days, I'm wasting my time. I'm just yep. detoxing. And after that, I'm starting to get into the zone. So it's kind of like photographing a person. Like if I was going to photograph you, and would I just stop by your house and, and like take outside a couple of quick shots and not even have a conversation with you and get, yep. think I was to be a good, get a good portrait. Yeah. But the landscape stuff or storm stuff, it's more like I have to get, understand and really get into that zone with the subject matter that I'm photographing. Yeah. With storms, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but there's still yeah. a zone of being able to be prepared for what's going to happen with landscapes. I really, enjoy um the detox project proportion of the of the yeah. of the, yeah, the scouting <laughs> yes. and then getting into that quiet zone again where i'm like okay i'm in tune and usually this is just my experience and it might sound a little weird but usually when that happens i get the picture that i came to get if i rush it i don't get it yeah i just don't get it and i'm usually just after like one picture when i go out and not after a whole series of things yeah I just want to get one picture of that place that is a portrait, my, my experience, you know, yeah. um, and I'm not doing it, my experience for selling, you know, getting a print and bring it to the gallery and making a zillion dollars selling a print and, you know, paying them a bill. And it's not that at all. It's actually my, my experience. Um, yeah. And it's almost like I can bring it back to my family and say, this is what I experienced. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll get I'll get a little deeper into that. One of the one of the things that um, has come up with me recently is that you know we're, we're not you and me we're not here that long on Earth. You know, if we're here for if you live to be eighty, hundred years old, in context to everything, that's not a lot of time. Yep. And I don't even know my great great grandfather's name. So a lot of the things that I feel like I'm illustrating at times is to leave back some of the legacy that we were actually here 
at this time in 2021. And this is what our experiences were. Yeah. And, you know, like the book, you know, the yes. book is timeless to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't do a book to be a famous photographer. Yeah. I'm not into that. I yep. did the book to leave something behind. Yeah. You know, for my grandchildren to know that we were here and this is what we experienced. Yeah. You know, and, and I always think of that about our, our ancestors that I, I'm sad that I don't know the names of my great, great grandfather, you know? Yeah. So, well, that yeah, that that's it. And it's a it's a really interesting point, as you say. You're cap you're capturing a moment in time that could then be remembered by by generations into the future, um, which is which, which I think a great way to a great way to look at it. But obviously, your book storms. How how did the how did the book come about? Um, you know, I've been and and I've been lucky enough that uh, I never. And, and sir, I never sold my work. Yeah. A lot of the things that came to me, whether it's like gallery representation or the books and things like that came to me um, because uh, people called me. Okay. And, yeah. and I was really happy about that because that means, you know, in the world of all these slick people in the world doing all yeah. this promotion and stuff like that, that the work just happened to speak, seemed to speak for itself or resonate with some people. Yes. Which I, I thought was um, humbling because I'm just doing my thing. Just like you do your thing. I'm just yep. doing my thing, you know? And um, so, so I had a, actually, there was another uh, book publishing company. It was a really weird story, but it was another book publishing company that uh, I've been talking to for a while. And they made a verbal agreement with me, like on a Monday, to publish three books, Storm's um, landscapes and urban images. Yep. And then like on Wednesday, I've got a call from Aperture, um, publishing from the, from Chris Boot, yep. um, who's the director and, and I had to tell the other company, like I had to tell Chris, you know, Aperture, I couldn't do it because I made this verbal agreement with another company. And the, anyway, I told, make a long story short, I, the company said, you got to do the Aperture book. I, we don't have a, 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 um, a, a company like Aperture that will get your work out there. You know, yeah. we don't have the distribution on. And because I was such a fan of Ansel Adams and he meant so much to me in the minor yeah. whites and so forth like that. Aperture was created by Ansel Adams and that group of people. I felt as a publisher, it was, how would you say, fate? I don't know if I believe in fate or not, but yep. I was thrilled that it was Aperture. And so that's how the book came to be. So we, we I told uh, the other other publishing company said, go, go do the Aperture book. And we went off and did it. So yeah, that's the story. And lucky enough, I mean, there were 8,000 copies published and they sold out. Um, so uh, the work got out there. You know, yeah. and I think some of that helped helped uh in just getting my work out into the world yeah absolutely it's a it's a beautiful book it's been beautifully printed as well i, th I think the, the quality of your of your work really comes across so strongly in it I, i'm interested to know how, how how did you approach or how did you go about selecting the storms that you wanted to you wanted to feature in it um which is collaboration with aperture yep. I yep. think, and and you know, if you look at the the books now, that I think the book was published like 2013. Yeah, 
So eight years later, I've got more images, I think much even better images than those images. Those images were like captured. I mean, I had a, uh, you know, I come from a technology background too. So, you know, a lot of these, uh, the cameras I use were modified cameras, but this was like a 10 megapixel, you know, Sony R1 was the majority of those images. Some of them were, you know, the, a new Canon camera. But so people were shocked that I could get that kind of quality out of out of uh, those kind of cameras. But I knew how to push the technology. Yes. But it was the, the selection was a collaboration. And also with the printing, you know, I had to I had to go. Uh, it was it was printed in China at the time in Hong Kong. Right. And I had to go there and had to learn about um, how a book was printed. So yeah. I have another friend, Nick Brandt, who really helped me a lot. He was also, he's also an inspiration to me. Um, somebody who helped, helped vet my images as far as like, you know, giving yep. me constructive feedback, yep. you know, telling my images were garbage and how to print it the right way, you know. <laughs> so, but it really helped. Constructive criticism yeah, was huge to me. I, oh, the, massive, I, massive benefit for everyone. Oh, no, it's great. I love you know, it's nice to hear really good things about your work, but I really take constructive criticism for somebody who really cares is yes. in, invaluable. Yeah. So I learned about what a stochastic screen was and what different type of screens were printing and what varnishes were and how long they had to dry to take a look at what the actual printing looked like. So I spent like two weeks in Hong Kong, you know, yeah. um, you know, did because I probably would not have been as happy uh, with the printing if I hadn't done that. Yeah. You know, and Aperture was very um, grace, great, graceful uh, as far as sending somebody out there to be with me and um, help me through the process of printing. But I had to learn a lot to get the book printed correctly. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it really shows. And it's, yeah, I, 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 as you say, it was printed about eight years ago. It, it would really be, it'd be I genuinely, I'd be quite, I'd be quite fascinated and interested to see a new, a, a new book of your work come out of your storms. Particularly if you tell me that, yeah, you've got a lot of better pictures than the ones you photographed there. Because, quite frankly, they're, they're incredible. The ones that are in that book, so I can only imagine what they must look like. And, and do you print uh, many of your, your images out large? I can, I, I suppose, visually, I could imagine they, they would look quite, uh, quite mesmerizing and, and dramatic yeah. large format yeah. well the, the the bottom line for me is my final product is prints yeah. are my prints so um as a i call myself an artist it's subjective whether i'm an artist or not but um my final product are my prints so everything has to do with the way i capture the images the yeah. way um you know i vet them. everything about it is, is for a final print so yeah i i you know, the, I have seven galleries that rep me. I'm lucky enough that oh, that good. I've been with them for a long time, and they're like family to me. Um, yes. Business partners, family. I love the galleries that rep me. But um, printing is a whole very important part of my process of photography. As important as the capture, and um, yeah, so I can print up to usually prints up to forty by sixty inches. Um, yeah. But I'll also be very selective of which images I do that. I've gone to enough like shows or exhibitions where, you know, there's an out of focus leaf that's like 20 feet high by 16 feet long or something. <laughs> and it, it's like, it's only, it's only being shown cause it's so big. So, yes. but I'm also a, a fan of, I don't know if, you know, Pete yep. or Michael Kenna, these people that yep. have 
prints that are like six by six inches, tiny. Yeah. And I love those prints yeah. because you walk up to them with your nose yeah. and it's very personal yes. with these big prints. But a, a pe- with the storm images, um, they do look, uh, I like them at, at 34 by 50 or 40 by 60. So yeah. I sell them in various size. That's the largest size. The smallest size would be eight by tens or so. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I can imagine. Yeah. There's a, there's a variety of scale. And as you say, yeah, some, some images work just so well when they're really small, six by six, eight by eight and stuff like that. Um, and you've got, you've, you've always got to print for the image and, um, but no, I, I, I could visually see how dramatic and, and impressive and power and powerful your, your work would be in, in, in some larger steel sizes. Um, yeah, so with, that, I with, I with the new tools, you know, that, you know, Angel Adams and people like that never had the, let's say, digital tools to be able to yep. create instead of that big. But I come from a, a, a wet darkroom film background, sensitometry and so forth. Yep. So I can, you know, I appreciate the advancements that have happened in digital printmaking now to be able to do a museum quality print you know, yeah. 40 by 60 inches long. Cool. Yeah, very good. And what, 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 are your, what are your plans? Are you working on any future books or any more f- future projects? Um, you know, I'm proceeding with the projects that I have right now, I think. Yeah. I really love the, the um, deserts of the American Southwest. Yeah. So like I said, I'm going out to Bisty Badlands in about two weeks to a place that has beat me up uh, twice already and I've never got a picture that I wanted but I'm, I'm determined to get that one picture so this will be my third trip out there to get this picture that I've I've always wanted to get out there and it's brutal you know you're out there there's no shade it's 100 degrees you're in the wild desert you usually you're by yourself if you yep. twist an ankle and fall down you'll die because nobody will find you so that's the kind of place it is i'm like i'm going out there with a friend this time so this time i'm determined to get that picture and so i'm just going i'm living day by day you know i'll I'll probably go out and keep continue to photograph storms there's a couple of of storm systems that i haven't photographed yet that i would love to run into but i don't know if i'll ever run into them but i just have to go out and Fingers crossed that someday I'll be able to picture that's in my my head. Absolutely. You know, which is and, almost one of them is almost like looking up at a tornado. Oh, right. You know, almost through the bottom of it or yeah. right in front of you. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get that. Yeah. But I'll try. Absolutely. It's always nice. It's always nice to have something to aim for or have or have something that you, you, you know, you're looking after and that, looking out for. And as right. you say, you might get it sometimes. Sometimes you might not. But you've always you've always got the that in the back of your mind. But I, you know, just like you, you, you probably think the same way as I think I, I'm kind of waiting for that signal. Like I, I wait to, I don't push um, my own agenda. I would say I wait to get inspired by something or to get a signal to say, okay, this is what you should do. And it's time to go. Yeah. You know, and I, and I've always waited for that. And if I don't get that signal, I won't do it. Like, you know, uh, COVID, you know, has yep. given me a little bit, I was a little burnt out from exhibiting, yeah. you know, when right. you do an okay. exhibit, you yep. know, all the printing and the framing and the shipping and the, yep. uh, you know, I had a lot of exhibits. I, I and, and this is not a pompous statement. I'm, I'm really grateful for it, but you have to like, I don't know, 25 
you know, one man shows and so forth like that. I was really burnt out of exhibiting and it was taking away from my shooting. Yes. I think the, one of the, one of the things that COVID was uh, helped me with, even though there was a lot of bad things that happened was that it gave me time to relax again a little bit and um, regenerate. So I was probably the last year, year and a half. I've just really been regenerating a bunch. I've been out shooting. Yep. But on my own, um, accord practice, say practicing, yeah. keeping, keeping, um, fluid. Yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes nice to have a, a break from doing something and come back feeling a bit more refreshed and revitalized to, to then get back into a, a, a workflow and a process again. Yeah. So I'm, I feel that now I feel revised. So we'll see what comes, you know, yeah. I'm just gonna wait and see. You know? Yeah, I, and I'm I'm, in, I'm interested also to know have have you seen changes in the storms through changes in the climate, etc. Has as over the over the time you've been shooting them, has there been any noticeable change through as a result? Yeah, of climate? You, yeah. So it's weird because you know when I talk about have you seen changes, you know, I I went out in 2009 the first time, and now it's 2012 years or so. That's not time wise, that's nothing. So yes. it just like that's nothing. It seems like it's a lot of time in man years or something like that, or people years. Yeah. But I've seen, we've seen huge, huge changes. And it's a really disconcerting, actually, um, to see some of the like jet stream in the United States. I was talking to my friend Roger, who I go out with. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these, some, not Roger, but people I've, I've talked to and seen of like, yeah, climate change as a real, I don't, I don't know, you know, the mother earth changes all the time. We've seen though, you know, when I went out in 2009, you know, 2010, 2011, 2000, you know, those years, the jet stream in the United States, the way the jet stream moves, it starts, uh, let's say in Texas in yep. April and it moves up the United States. So by July, you know, moves in May, it might be, you know, in, uh, let's say Kansas, Nebraska. And by July, it's up in the Dakotas. Well, now the way we've seen the last since 2019, um, we've seen, we've been chasing storms up into Canada and the jet stream is, it used to like dip down into the Northern Plains and stay there for, for let's say a month or two and then move, finally move up. Now it's just up north and it'll dip for a day or two and come back up, dip, dip. So we've seen, like I said, this year we were supposed to be in the Dakotas and Wyoming. We ended up in Arizona, which is, I don't know, 1,500 miles away, south, cool. chasing monsoon storms because the jet stream was just was not there. Um, so, yes, I, I am a true believer in... Um, the, the climate is changing because I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not a, um, uh, a climate change expert. I, last year, I actually went to, um, I was invited by the New York Times to go shoot in Argentina in South America. Lovely. Um, and it was, it was a, a project that was funded by NOAA, uh, the, you know, and by NASA in the United States. Yep. To help Argentina be able to, they have no sign, they have very little science as far as storm uh, predicting or cool. monitoring. Yep. So they were trying to set up things. Um, you know, it's completely different when when the winds come over the, the Andes, let's say, and yep. off the Pacific Ocean, very different from the United States. But a 
A lot of, a lot of, one of the person I was talking to who, who uh, runs the, uh, the Doppler trucks, um, he was uh, a scientist. A lot of things believed in it. And he was like, I, I'm not, I do see changes. He says, but I think what, what science is wrong is science should really be not working so much on um, being able, this is his interpretation, yeah. not mine. Uh, you know, carbon and all that other stuff. They're working on that. That's good, but they should really be looking at infrastructure changes of mass migrations of humanity. Get people off the shores. Be yeah. able to look at you know big hurricanes in the United States, which we've seen now. Um, yeah. Fires, you know, uh, pollution from the smoke from the fires, things like that. So he was more like people, at least in the United States or all, all over the world, should be looking at the next hundred years, the mass migration of humanity into different areas because of the climate is changing and the earth has yeah. always changed. Yeah. So my, my interpretation is mankind is really kind of messed things up a bunch. Yeah. You know, we're not a, we're not a very um, nice species, I would yeah. say. There's yeah. a lot of nice people, but yeah. as a species. Um, and if we can't get our, S to, our stuff together, I would say the S word, um, that that the earth will get it together for us, you yeah. know, and earth is kind of pissed right now, you know, yeah. pissed off. And it, and you can see the reaction, like we're just little gnats, you know, compared to that. And, and we don't know how powerful, uh, you know, nature is. We, we can't fathom how nature is, but nature's more powerful than we can ever even imagine. And if yeah. we don't get it together with climate change, uh, we're going to see some mess, mass changes come yeah. so in humanity you know yeah. even with the, even with corona you know covid yeah. you Absolutely. know look at covid so yeah. definitely yeah i can i i totally agree with you i think yeah, i think it's negative but it's just a, a yeah. an aspect of yes i've seen the changes yeah. well, you know with well, my own eyes you know yeah absolutely you've been out photographing storms and storms are i would imagine are are part of how how the climate works so it, it would seem natural that uh, yeah I, would, I can only imagine you have seen it and as you say it's it's changed the way that they behave and in the areas that they behave that they previously wouldn't ex expand up to and we've seen changes over in the uk as well yeah. glasgow's got wetter um than it previously has been but other than that it's uh, yeah there, i think there's changes happening everywhere um, yeah but uh, here is dry yeah absolutely So obviously, obviously, one as one one aspect of uh, one aspect of uh, the podcast is is books because as you know, I've got a big bookshelf behind me, and I'm always very interested uh, to hear what uh, what the guests some of their favourite photo books are. So I'd really be quite interested for maybe three or four of your favourite photo books that you have by other photographers. Oh, okay. So, okay. Photo books. That's, that's it. Cause I have a collection of photo books too. So yeah. the first, I mean, I, I can, I'll have to, I'm going to wheel over and take a look. You yeah, know? that's fine. I yeah. Would say, you know, Phantom Adams uh, at a hundred, at a hundred. Yes. Like one of my, one of my favorites, you know, the other ones are uh, Pente, you know, Pente's book. Yes. Pente Samatelli. Yeah. And he's definitely, uh, his his book that I have here is um, let's see far and away here, here far away yes and that is like one of my favorite favorite books the other ones are uh, 
I really like Michael Kenna's books. Michael Kenna, um, yeah. his books, especially some of his older books, um, uh, like some of my favorites. And the other one is Nick Brandt. Um, so Nick's books are always been an inspiration to me. In fact, when I first started shooting, um, you know, seeing uh, some of his first books, uh, the one on, on this earth, you know, was, was like the one that really like rocked me when I first started to shoot and ended up that me and Nick, me and Nick communicate um, fairly often, you know. Um, but, you know, the, the thing with the books, so those are sort of like the photography books. I have a lot of photography books, but those are the ones that really, really inspire me. Yes. But the thing with the books is I, I get, um, I say, I don't look at a lot of other photographers' work except for like those photographers because I yep. like those photographers because I just get sensory overload. There's some Instagram and all this other stuff that's out oh, there. Yeah. I get sensory overload. So I try to stay in my own, in my own head, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I tend to agree when you look at Instagram and everything like that these days, it's just, you can swipe down and before you know it, you've seen 20,000 pictures flash before your eyes. And whereas, yeah, there's something really nice be, being able to just pick out a book that inspires you and a photographer who, who, whose work you like to, to view and just actually sit down with it and, and enjoy it at peace. Yeah. The simplicity, you know, like, yeah. well, like the thing, like Pente's work is just, the compositions and the crazy comp the, how does he get these compositions yeah. wandering around or Ansel Adams patience or Nick's brand's passion yeah. or, uh, you know, Michael Kenneth, the, the craft that Michael's Kenneth's crafting. Um, yeah. Those things are the things that inspire me and, and they're simple. And like, I would say, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, photography and my, my um, methodology, but, you know, because I would say life can be so complicated at times. Um, yep. You know, my camera, I only take one camera and two lenses with me and all my images are not, I mean, you know, I was published by National Geographic at one point yep. and, you know, I had to prove to them that my images were not in any way highly manipulated. Yep. Um, so I had to send them, you know, match print and raw files and, and yeah. gifts and stuff like that. And, and so everything in my photography, I try to keep things as, even though I understand technically what's going on, as simple as possible. Yeah. I try to do, I just try to capture the image yeah. and that image I have to do a reverse out process. So I understand what the print's going to look like at the end. Yes. Yep. And I try not to overcomplicate it with multiple lenses and cameras and things yeah. and gadgets so and so forth. So. Sounds fantastic. Really. Yeah, really it does. And it's a, uh, all it leaves me to say, Mitch, is it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you about about your work and about your about your book and storms and your landscape. It's uh, it's it's really been really been inspiring, and I uh, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. You know, and we'll be in touch.